Hello and welcome to UX Soup, a short-form podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experience of personal devices and services in the home, in the car, and on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a global research and consulting firm providing our clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Chris Schreiner, and I'm joined today by both my co-hosts, Lisa Cooper. Hello. And Diana Franganillo. Hello. So this is episode 50 of UX Soup. I'd like to just at least acknowledge this milestone that we've gotten to episode 50 of this podcast. I wasn't quite sure when we started this up where it would go or how it would be received. And I, I must say thanks to all the people that are listening out there that helped us to, to get this far. It, it's been quite surprising and quite enjoyable. So I'm glad that we're up to, we're up to 50 and here's to another at least 50 more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, cheers. So for our 50th episode, we thought we would tackle the topic of icons and looking at icons that might be considered outdated or not serving the purpose that their original intent was. And so we'll talk about some of these and whether or not they should be changed or how people perceive icons or issues in trying to develop new icons for everyday things. So where do we want to start? Well, would you like to start? <laughs> so there are certain icons that we use every day that might not be what they originally intended. So icons first really took off probably in graphical user interfaces, like the first Macintosh computer back in the 80s. And that's where you started to see broader use of icons in everyday things. And some of those icons that were developed then have survived until today, but using things that people don't really use anymore. So like one example of this would be, well, would be just the phone icon that is on every mm. smartphone. It looks cordless at least. <laughs> so we're talking at least <laughs> in the 1990s or so, but nobody really has a phone that looks like that anymore. That has a separate receiver that they hold up to their ear and mouth. So that icon really doesn't resonate with anybody that has grown up in the smartphone era. But because it, it's ubiquitous use, it's still highly recognizable and something that I don't really see going away, even though what it is is kind of outdated at this point. It reminds me of sayings and expressions that came from something originally a long, long time ago that we're still using today that the original intent is not there anymore. And I think that's how icons have become, you know, even though that icon is a picture of a handset from a traditional phone, a lot of people still recognize that on their smartphones because it is so mm -hmm. ubiquitous. So even though it's not tied anymore, they probably don't even think about that as users, what that means. They just know that that's the thing that they press to make that phone call. Another good example would be the floppy disk representing the safe function when we are working with documents or presentations. I have been a floppy disk user, but they soon disappear when I was finishing uni. And at some point they were replaced by CDs and then, yeah, and then everything was gone. But that icon still lives on <laughs> and everybody still has to use it. Yeah, I don't know like someone that grew up in this century if they would have seen a floppy disk 
if they would know what it actually was. But they still have to use this icon for something that, that yeah. you know, was going out of date when we were going through university. <laughs> the thing is that if you had to replace that icon with something, I think it's quite hard to think of what you would replace it with. Because you could think of a cloud icon for those that are used to saving, you know, saving things on the cloud. But it's not always the case. I think often the problem is replacing icons or evolving icons. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's a good reason behind replacing something, as we were discussing right now. The good reason might be that current generations and new generations might no longer recognize that uh, representation anymore. But sometimes you see icon evolutions as well that you stop and think, why did they do that to this icon? It was working perfectly fine. And now it seems that it has gotten worse. But I think it's, there's some eagerness as well to change sometimes the icons and the aesthetics of software and, and interfaces just to convey the idea that they are evolving and changing and, and keeping up to date. There are many other icons that we can think of that might be a bit outdated at this point, like a, a paperclip for an attachment to an email. Well, first it's an email. So, I mean, it's a paperclip. It's, <laughs> and who uses paperclips anymore? <laughs> I, actually, I think I'm the last person alive using paperclips. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. I'm not alone. <laughs> well, it could be, I suppose it could be replaced with a plus sign or something like that. It doesn't, it's not necessary anymore. But again, it, it's on every email app you can think of. It's so commonly used for attachments. I think for me as an artist, the paint palette is an interesting one on some apps. That just seems a little bizarre to me. Why you would use a paint palette instead of something like a color wheel. If you're using a software app like that, you're not using a palette. It's not something that a lot of painters use anyway. So if you're using software, a color wheel would seem more appropriate. I haven't thought about that one. Yeah, it it's something that it just seems very old fashioned, doesn't it? You know, that's something you would see Van Van Gogh with or you know, with these master painters. And I suppose that's why they came up with that icon. But yeah, just something else to think about. But you mentioned the C D icon earlier, Diana, and that one is still being used as well, isn't it? That's still being used for music and things like that. Yeah, no, but I no longer have even a CD player on my computer or anything like that. Whereas exactly. before, it, it was something unthinkable. How are you going to buy a computer? If you buy this computer, you will need you would need an external CD unit or something like this. Well, to go back to the paperclip example, again, showing how little I use things that are paper anymore. Just the whole file folder icon. <laughs> You know, yes, That's there, a good there, one. there is a filing cabinet and there are file folders in there that I never touch except to when I have to purge it to get rid of documents that are 15 years old. But the whole concept of a file folder is something that's lost as everything's just digital now. The other, the other day I was chatting about that icon with a friend of mine. I was kind of like testing what was people understanding of these icons. And he's 45 years old and he has never thought that that icon represented that paper folder, actually. So for him, it was like a revelation. <laughs> See, I understand why they used these traditional icons, though. I think it was just to get people onboarded to more of a 
software version of what they were used to doing things traditionally with. So I understand where that came from. It would just make it easier for people. Right. But it's interesting, isn't it, how it hasn't evolved over time and how we still have a very much a, like with email, everything is very paper focused, like the envelope and things like that and the paper clip. Well, they say that there are like three different categories of icons. So you have icons that are very direct and, and literal. So something like on a, on a walk sign at a crosswalk, you see people walking. That's a very literal, direct icon. And then you'll have icons that are more metaphorical. That's like a battery charging icon, a little lightning bolt. Literally not lightning. I mean, it is electricity, but whatever. It's not a lightning that's charging that thing. It's more of a metaphor for what's happening. And then you have uh, just completely abstract icons that are kind of meaningless in and of themselves. So something like a, a Bluetooth logo. You know, that doesn't mean anything. It's not a metaphor for anything. It's not a literal thing of what's happening. It's just kind of this abstract concept that's been paired with it. And I think with a lot of these icons that started off as more literal things to get people to move from physical paper and files and things to a graphical interface, those icons are now shifting from being literal to being abstract almost. Mm-hmm. And I would think that the literature would show that recognition or retention of abstract icons is going to be a lot less than literal icons. So it, would there be something that could be created that would be more literal for some of these things? Or are we in an age where everything is so digital and cloud-based and ethereal that it's just not possible? I think that's a very good reflection. So yeah, I think you're right. If we get to evolve the icons so they resonate better with current users, not early users in when computers were invented. So if they did um, design the things that way, probably the systems would be better to pick and understand by all kinds of users. I was thinking as well that there are other icons that nobody alive would be able to identify with the original representation. For example, in Spain, Portugal, Germany, and a lot of countries, the mailing services use as an icon a representation of a postal horn from the old times when the postman used to arrive to the square and just uh, sound the horn and people like, were like gathering big, to get the letters. Like a big bugle trumpet type thing? Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. And and the thing is that, of course, I haven't lived that, but my parents have lived that either. And even though they keep on evolving those icons and they kept this image, which is quite vintage, actually. Probably what we are discussing here with floppy disk icons and paperclip icons and things like this is something that is like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe we have 20 years delay on evolving this icon or 10 years delay on evolving this icon. But with these other icons, it's like maybe we are 200 years behind for this icon evolution. So, Well, it's another form of communication, just going back to what I was saying about language and how we've got statements and words and expressions that date back hundreds of years that we still use to this day that we don't really connect back to those original terms. And I wish I had an example I could share, but I don't. I think icons, they're another form of communication now that we didn't have back then. So it wouldn't surprise me then if we still retain that phone handset or the floppy disk and that generations to come won't even know what that was. It just represents save. 
Yeah, it's kind of like the gears for the settings icon. Nobody really would associate that. That's that's a very manufacturing industrial age kind of association. But no, I don't think anybody would really think of gears and settings and put the two of them together in this kind of day and age. But I could see like in the next 20 years or so, things happening with like a the, the video camera icon or just the camera icon because, you know, everybody just uses their phone for everything or the clock, <laughs> the analog clock that will likely lose its meaning at some point if it hasn't already among younger people. But I don't know if that matters. I just think it's the legacy of it that they know what that means. And those younger generations are going to be our age. Yep. And then the generations behind it will just associate it with that function. It's just like those expressions and, and words that we've picked up over generations that we don't even link to things anymore. I imagine we'll end up seeing a revolution in these icons when new technology comes along. And then maybe the smartphone will become an icon in its own right. And it already has, I'm sure. Or there'll be other things, other technologies that we use now that will become icons. I'm guessing it will be with the evolution of technology itself. Yeah, as we discussed before, I think it's really, really difficult to make an evolution whilst keeping the traditional users on board, but at the same time, bringing new users in that are going to understand them well. Have you guys found any examples of icons where do you think, why did they have to do this? It was perfect before, and now look at this. Have you ever felt that way? I haven't got an example. No. <laughs> do you have an example? <laughs> I mean, since I knew that the, what the topic of this podcast was going to be, I was kind of like browsing and seeing the, the icons on the systems I traditionally use. Was working with Outlook, I realized that there has been an evolution of the shared calendar icon, for example. Then I was like, what? what was this icon before? And then I checked. Before, it used to be an okay icon, but now I find the, the meaning of the icon is completely gone. So if I didn't have the supporting text, I wouldn't have interpreted the share icon to have the actual function it has. As a human, sometimes we don't like changes, right? And for example, I was perfectly happy with the Google Maps icon as well. And then they changed it and I was like, yeah, it's very colorful. I'm not sure if I'm yeah. that happy with that. It becomes more abstract then. Less, yes, and before yeah. it's, as you say, it was more literal, a little bit of the map and then the, the location mm -hmm. lollipop. And now it's kind of like lollipop, everything is gone, more abstract, as you said. I'd say the only example I can think of that would be, uh, and only because this has happened a couple of times recently with me. So on my Windows computer, if I lose Wi-Fi connection, the icon that comes up now is this globe with like lat long things and a it 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 doesn't signify to me that it's not Wi-Fi. I only I only associate with it because it's in the spot between the battery and the sound <laughs> and I'm having trouble connecting and I look down and there's this globe thing and I go, Oh, I guess that means that I don't have Wi Fi anymore. You know, I'd rather the Wi Fi thing with a big X over it or whatever the older symbol was that said that you weren't connected. But that evolution to this weird globe type thing, I just don't get. Sometimes designers tend to come up with icons that really don't convey the message accurately. And I know we came across one that was in the car 
And I remember our coworker Derek, he sent this around and we tried to guess what this icon was and none of us could guess it. Do you recall yeah. what that was, Chris? Yeah, it was it was the radio icon in Android Automotive. So radio itself is an icon that is because sometimes it's an old fashioned transistor radio, which again is very outdated. And in the Android Automotive icon, the radio is this circle with kind of Wi-Fi curves going out both sides of it. And the icon on its own, you really wouldn't be able to tell what that was. And yeah, we guessed it as we guessed, or we tried, or something. We? we couldn't figure it out. LIDAR. None of us said radio. Yeah. So that's also something I'm sure all of us have come across on our travels. And that's one that sort of sticks out for me. I suppose they replaced it from what it used to be to this meaningless icon that none of us could understand. So the message was lost. What's what is the radio icon typically? I in my head it's it's the broadcast tower with those things coming out, but they've kind of taken away the tower part because I guess mm -hmm. as we go digital, those are obsolete. It's their, way <laughs> it's of their doing attempt this. of trying to modernize that icon. Right, but then you run into this problem of we've all got that mental model of what that right. means, and now you're replacing it with something that's completely new. And so now we have problems with it. Yeah. And that's the challenge that icon designers face is even really great icons have limited recognition or recall. So not everybody is going to get any icon. And there are some, especially in the automotive space, where it's like maybe they've been in use for 50 years, but only like 40% of people will know what that icon means. <laughs> So it, it's a really difficult thing to do and evolve. And as we move away from more like physical representations of things, that icon design is, is going to be a lot more difficult because it is by default going to have to be more abstract and that's going to reduce recognition. A few years ago, there was this article, a uh, statistic in the UK that I don't know if it was like over 60% of users couldn't understand the icons that came up in the dashboards. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I wonder if context really influences recognition as well. I just asked you, what's the radio icon? Because I don't think about it. You know, it's normally within general interface and then I see it and I know what it is in relation to everything else. I don't really pay much attention to it. I couldn't tell you what it was. Yeah. But if I were to see it within that context, I know what it is. So I'm curious with those that research, if that was within context or not. All right. Well, it's time for condensed soup. Whoop, whoop. So on today's condensed soup, let's uh, talk about our either most memorable or enjoyable icon. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So my enjoyable icon that I really, really like because they were very consistent with how they designed their user interface as well that matched the icon. So I have voice recorder on my phone and it's like the old tape recorder. So it is also an outdated icon, but I enjoy that because I liked the old tape recorders. And so it looks like a tape, a cassette tape. So that's an interesting outdated one, but I like that. And then when you click on it and you actually record, it makes your smartphone look like a cassette recorder. So that's that's my favorite. I like that they kept it old school. A little bit of nostalgia. Yeah, 
the buttons that you press respond to the buttons that you would have pressed on an old cassette tape recorder. Diana? My icon is the barber's icon or symbol, which is usually a pole with a helix of color stripes, normally white and red, but sometimes blue as well. What, what is the story with the barbershop icon? The story dates back from the medieval times when barbers perform small operations and tooth extractions as well. It's believed that the red color represented blood, whereas the white color represented bone, teeth, or the cloth that they used to use for the bandages. So I thought it was quite, you know, quite of an intense meaning behind. Nice that you want to keep those things at present. (laughs) So yeah, that's the story. Well, my example comes from my childhood. So when I was growing up in uh, Northeast U.S. In the Stone Age? Was that in the Stone, yeah. Stone Age sometime? <laughs> not, that, not that long ago. But there was a, a change in icons for poison to have kids not drink household cleaners and things like that. Normally it's skull and crossbones, but that's also a symbol for pirates, which young kids might like. And is also symbol for some sports teams that also might have positive connotations. So some people uh, said, hey, we need a better icon for this. They came up with Mr. Yuck. I don't know how much across the U.S. it went, but I at least know regionally this icon was used a lot. It was an emoji of this green face with his tongue sticking out like he just drank something that was bad for it. And it also came with this kind of creepy theme tune that they would do public service announcements with. And that just kind of stuck. And it was actually designed by a kid. So it was good in that it was designed by a child and it was directed toward children because, you know, (laughs) they're, they're the ones most likely to ingest things that they shouldn't in terms of household cleaning things. (laughs) And so that one kind of stuck with me. It was a little, it was creepy and scary enough to keep me away from drinking bleach, <laughs> but uh, not so much that it gave me nightmares. That's interesting, actually. That's an interesting point you raised that icons, they do have to evolve when those icons represent something else, or if they're yeah. per- perhaps no longer politically correct as well. Yeah. They need to change with the times. That's mm-hmm. another a good reason for them to change. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Again, thank you for everybody that's been listening through our first 50 episodes. Special thanks to, I guess, our boss, Kevin Nolan and Harvey Cohen, who heads SA for all of their support. And we mentioned Derek, Derek earlier and to Derek, who has moved on to other adventures for his help in getting us going. So if you would like to uh, chat more about icons, icon design, or anything user experience, you can email us, as always, at uxsoup at strategyanalytics.com. The show notes at our podcast website, ux-soup.com, is links to our recent research. And there you can also connect with each of us on LinkedIn. A reminder that UXSoup is sponsored by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights in mobile, automotive, and the smart home by visiting strategyanalytics.com. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now.